0: Hi, everyone, and we're back to the Neil Haley Show, television and radio, and I'm with my co-host, caregiver Dave Nisani, the caregiver hey. Dave celebrity segment. Dave, how are you? And just the guest you're going to interview has been great. in so many different, amazing projects, but it's I, I it guess shows my age that it's I loved them in suits. heroes anyone who's a heroes fan will always go back to this guest and i think that he knows there's a cult for heroes and why it ended like it did too bad and then also suits i'm hearing a new season of suits but go ahead and introduce our guest
1: well we're talking about eric roberts Uh, maybe you've heard of his sister julia but he's done so many movies uh in the 80s i think what we can Remember King of the Gypsies, Runaway Train, It's My Party, Love is a uh, Gun. No, did I say that right? Yeah. Purg- Purgatory. Uh, the list goes on and on. Just how many movies have you done, Eric? I lost count at 75. <laughs> I
2: have no idea. I, you're
1: I, even, you know, you're I, even harder working than Glenn Morshower. I think he, he was called the hardest working guy in Hollywood, but I think you you beat him.
2: Well, I, I'm not in the contest, Sir Glenn, and I hope and I hope I that wins. I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just lucky enough that they let me work every day I want to work. Okay, yeah.
1: Cool, cool. So, how did you two meet? Because y- you're a partnership, right?
2: Yeah, we are. We we are. are we're we're uh, we're 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 bonded at the hip. <laughs> uh, uh, we met on an airplane in 1989. I was flying in from Rome to JFK, where I was to be handed a script to read on my way to LAX to give an answer if I would do the movie or not. I get on the plane. It was the MGM Grands, private airline. In my cubicle was an attractive redhead, <laughs> also reading a script. <laughs> so we talk about a script. Who wrote that? Who wrote that? She said to me, who's your favorite writer? I said, one guy, David Rayfield. He wrote blah, 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 blah. She goes, oh, I know. He's my father.
1: oh my god yeah who knows and the rest is
0: history the rest is history did you did you think it was love at first sight with eric
3: you know it's so funny um no not not really it was it was friendship at first sight which was surprising because the roles he plays you don't think that's a person who can become your buddy (laughs) was that and um, I really I really wasn't I, I didn't I was very surprised that he got romantic.
2: I also have a kitten magnet with me. I a little kitten in a, in a little carry box.
0: It's a chicken. Oh,
1: egg. yeah, that really?
0: is a chicken. Oh, that's a good uh, dating tip, right? Especially when pandemic ends to carry a kitten with you. <laughs> right, Eric?
1: Not if you're happily married.
0: No, that's not a good thing. But, but yeah.
1: you know, Eric, a lot of people don't know that you came from humble beginnings, and that caused a lot of uh, too much freedom, I'd say, and and you had a cocaine problem. How did you beat that cocaine problem? Uh,
2: I I I met her, <laughs> and she said you have to beat the problem, or I'm I'm out of here. So I said, okay, give me a second. She's. <laughs> So that's kind of how it happened.
0: Yeah. Wow. I love that version of the story.
1: <laughs>
0: that's a, it's that easy.
1: That's the so story. So
0: Eric, so basically you loved her so much Said I had so that's when you kind of you had the cocaine problem when you met her? Uh no, I
2: I I had been at the end of the problem for a long time, but I was revisiting the uh the problem on occasion. Wow, you could like, do that. Just and I said, But I can. She said, No, you can't. Or I'll I'll leave. Oh and wow. Said, you can't leave. So I straightened my shit out.
1: Is it cold turkey or you went in a, a treatment center? I mean, how did it work?
2: <laughs> Cocaine is like is like is like sex. Either you're having it or you're not. No- <laughs> so so uh uh yeah, I I quit.
3: Well he was asking if you went if you had went to a treatment center or had any help quitting. What would you say that?
2: Uh, I, w- I would say, in the end result, all you can do is quit for by yourself. That's all you can. Do.
1: You gotta want it more than the others do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right, Dave. Next question. Uh,
1: so, how in the world did you conceive so many stars? <laughs> 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 talking about yeah. DNA, I guess.
3: Crazy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's wild. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just, it, you know. There's something about star quality, I suppose, that's just in the blood.
3: And also, I think um, it's also environmental and it's spotting it and nurturing it. So, you know, not being one of those parents who says, do your homework first, Um, you know, no, you gotta have something to fall back on or fall forward on or, you know, that's not what you're gonna do. You have to wait till you're a certain age. Um, you know, and whole, a
1: real job.
3: Yeah, the whole kind of bad crap that, that the arts get. Yeah. Um, you have to sort of not be propagating
0: that. And then your kids, it's amazing what they may become. Because yeah. they feel like they're constantly being told no. What happens? Would You probably learn that early that that just doesn't work, right? Well, we, we, we never
2: told any of our kids no, so we, we wouldn't know yeah
0: we're kind of a just
3: say yes that's our philosophy (laughs) Um, and even we now we have a grandchild and um,
4: and she was she
3: was just opening all the lip gloss in my purse and just like squirting it all over the car and and so my daughter said well well, mom you know don't let her do that and I I said I don't have don't let you know I mean we always use distraction and here this is another fun thing to do but There's never any shaming or, you know, no slam doors. That's just not our thing.
2: There is no wrong. I mean, if you want to open up lip gloss and it's all shiny and pretty and it's a red color, get it all over. Why not,
0: dude? (laughs) There goes that. That's the Eric Roberts I know. Why not, right? You know, (laughs) a couple rules. That's okay, (laughs) Eric. So what...
1: What, what part did you play in Julia and Emma's acting career? Uh, how did they come to realize that they too want to be like you?
2: <laughs> the
1: only thing that I did is
2: I, as I, is I made the, uh, the Roberts name famous, I got three golden globe nominations and a an Academy Award nomination, before Julia was out of high school wow. and, and, then, and then she came out of high school. I got her for her, uh, her first movie, which was a bad Western by uh, <laughs> my baby sister to, to get her screen actor's Guild card. That's all I did. And she she did the rest herself. And wow. Emma, Emma, of course, had it easy being a Roberts being 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 a second generation. And uh, there we have it. It And I uh, and uh and Julia was going to be a star no matter what I mean, look at her. Yeah. Maybe, uh, most beautiful woman on our planet so so there you have it
0: so Eric you, you spotted talent then you knew exactly you spotted talent in Julia meaning even though she probably might have made it to the level without you but you were you gave that little nudge to help it go a little bit quicker the process every little bit helped but but I can't take responsibility for
2: her incredible superstardom I can't take responsibility for that that's her and um she earned it, and she did it. I mean, I mean, look at Pretty Woman. I do twice a year. It's just a feel-good movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it
5: really
0: is. And, and then I think it's just amazing how one thing will take you. And what one thing, Eric, was your break that changed you as an actor? Meaning like, okay, you know, everyone has to, to break out, break in. And what one was the big break for you?
2: Well, there's a couple of things. It was, my, it was my first movie, King of the Gypsies. I was on... All these posters all over America, all over the world. His time has come. Blah blah blah. And uh, with all these stars Sterling Hayden, Shelley Winters, Susan Strynadka, Jed Hirsch, Brooke Shields—I was the only unknown. And uh, it was quite exciting. But uh, but but then but then uh, it was not until Star Eighty, my fourth film, directed by Bob Fosse, after he had just won Best uh, Director for All That Jazz, and so he had. Car blanche, whatever you wanted to to, uh, do with the movie. So he's gonna make a docudrama called Star Eddie about the death of Dorothy Stratton. And uh, I got lucky enough to capture the role of Paul Snyder through audition with him and uh, got to work with the master, one of the masters of filmmaking, Mm -hmm. and uh, had a great educational time, both as a man and an artist and, um, as a co-worker, I mean he was an inc- I mean, he, he was a genius and once you work yeah. with a genius you, you you realize two things that you're not one and that they're really special people. Wow and he blew my mind
1: yeah I have a two-part question. Uh, when you were a nobody you know waiting tables or driving a cab, whatever it is you did to make ends meet to going after this career did you know you were going to be Eric Roberts? you
2: kind of always have to and even in the times when you don't really believe it you lie to yourself like like when you're trying to be sober yeah. say uh, i'm gonna lie to myself and say i can do this up until you can do it and then it's kind of like the same thing with fame and fortune i'm a lie to myself till i till i make it <laughs> You kind of lie to yourself all day, every day. I'm gonna be fine. Uh-huh. I got another rejection. It's okay. I'm gonna be fine. And you just kind of, kind of muddle through it, up until your reward is actually bigger than your investment. And you go, Oh my God, did this just happen to me? And then then your life is, is a roller coaster, and it's really fun.
1: That's a new take on fake it till you make it, lie till you make it.
0: So, Eric, what character do you think people know you most from? Uh, it's, uh, it's Well,
2: the little kids all know me from, um, from Dark Knight and from, and from music videos. It's weird. It's little bitty kids. And there he is, Mom. And uh, it's like, wow, what do you know me from? Uh, killers. We love the killers. My mom loves the killers. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's from Best the Best. Pope and uh, oddly enough this past five years, it's been expendables.
0: Wow. It's weird. Yeah.
1: I have a question for Eliza. So what part did you play in all of his success? And I'm not talking about the cocaine part. Uh, you know, the afterwards, after cocaine, AC. AC. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. I think that it was probably flying in the face of the name, their name label representatives who were all about strategizing and turning things down, not bringing projects to our attention, just basically not working, inertia, waiting for incoming. And um, I think that um, my background as an actress and casting director led me to realize that now you got to kind of treat yourself as a commodity and go where you want it because you, you know, there's, there's launching a career, there's relaunching a career, which happens to everybody every so often. And then there's maintaining and mm. um, just being a working actor. And I think that sort of, you know, applying that philosophy and actually making that happen, that might be my contribution. And my other contribution is is to help Eric stay production friendly, so that he understands there's a lot going on in the production. I mean, this is for all artists, besides yeah. their role. You know, you they they people have to worry about about other people's schedules, about locations, about all kinds of things. And an actor can't just walk in and say, "Here's how I'd like it to be." It's uh-huh. you know, the giant operation.
2: When when you, when you're an artist who makes everybody comfortable, you're an asset.
1: Yeah, Eric, same question to you from your perspective without mentioning everything she just said. What part do you feel she played in your success uh, after the cocaine? Um,
2: to make me really realize that I'm just a cog in the wheel. Right? You know, I, I'm just a cog in the wheel. And Don't take
1: you, yourself seriously.
2: Right, and when you are an actor who comes, you know, to fame by, by being uh, the main cog, <laughs> you like, like you like you don't forget that you're just a code and you think it's all about your wheel and you, and you and you do you forget and yeah it's about me yeah of course about me i'm a star right and start you, believing
1: your own hype you
2: kind of do
1: yeah. and it's,
2: <laughs> and it's kind of kind of kind of bad
1: yeah, <laughs> and, 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 exactly.
0: yeah So, pride comes to, before
1: it, the it, fall it, they so, say but
0: you have to kind of get rid of the sometimes you play a character on TV or movies <laughs> and you try to play that in real life. And she steps on you and says, no, 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 you're not going to do that. You're not playing.
2: that and dry, But, but yeah. Yeah,
0: she's a good cop, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you're so humble so. enough to receive that. So Eric, tell us like, you know, developing characters that are real bad guys that are really in looking at two ones from your character in suits and heroes. How did you, how much of it is you, Eric, and how much is it is the character? Okay, well, first
2: of all, we got to back you way up to the definition of bad guys because yes, I, I love bad guys, and why I will always want to play bad guys over other guys is because bad guys to themselves are not bad guys, dude. <laughs> I didn't mean to kill her, I would never have killed her. It, it's our fault, dude. <laughs> you got in the way, dude. I mean, I mean, there's all kinds of stupid reasons, but you no know, bad guys are never bad guys. Yeah, so gotta stop using that. When I play a bad, no, no, I don't play bad guys. I've never played a bad guy in my career. That's how bad guys look at themselves. They really do, and they believe it, and they want you to believe it. And I'm not going to be comfortable until you do believe. I, I, I didn't mean to kill her. You know,
0: <laughs> I didn't mean to kill her.
2: Really. Uh,
0: in that in that process see i go back to the days and i was a former professional wrestler minor leagues and i know the baby face versus the the heel the good guy versus bad that's what sells the most and we're leaving that in pro wrestling you got to have someone you hate you got to have someone you love derek did you kind of feed off of the people hating you
2: it's so much more fun to be hated because it's so definite. And like, like e- e- even in airports now, I've been in I've been movies now for 42 years, and I've played a lot of bad guys. And in airports even now, I will have people recognize me and walk away, like see me go, oops, that's him, and walk away. <laughs> it's like, wow, she, she believes I'm a bad guy. That's so <laughs> funny. And, 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 and it happens once a day. You
1: know, what's the future hold for you um i I think of uh, Kate Hepburn and uh, you know Henry Fonda, are you going to retire or you just go till you drop?
2: Well, I would defer to her with that question but, <laughs> but, but to answer very quickly from uh, from my point of view. I'm having so much fun these past few years because because they uh, they uh, call me because they want Eric Roberts in their movie, and mm. Eric Roberts. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Can can I can I go make that money? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just it's just such a pleasure to be famous to be me,
1: and and I really do enjoy it. Wow, what up? And you're happy. I mean, marriages don't last as long in Hollywood, do they? I got a good one, and 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 she's and she's attractive. It's not. It's you got any marital advice for uh, actors and actresses?
3: I mean, for it, it's the same advice you'd give to sort of regular people, like for <laughs> anybody. <laughs> um, times,
1: times 10. Yeah,
3: yeah, I suppose so. I mean, sure, there, there is a different thing to it. I think that basically, um, it's the same thing that I'd say about a career, which is always find a way to knit yourself back to the time when you really wanted it. And, you know, it's not gonna feel that same exact way, it changes. You know, you can have a favorite book and the first time you read it, it's the first time you read it. And the 50th time you read it, it's, you still love the book, but it's different. And I I really think that if you can take a minute to really do like a sense memory exercise and recall that time when that was the most important thing to you and you couldn't wait to see each other or whatever. And the same thing with the work, So many of our friends are so established and they're just not excited about it anymore. And I feel like if they could remember a time when they couldn't wait to find out if they got the part, that somehow they could sort of work that happiness back into the present. And I think it's the same with relationships.
2: Let let me add something, add something to that. Uh, I get so many offers a day from all over the world and they're very diverse offers. I'll be offered an older gentleman who is, who, is, who is a very nice father figure to an absolute psychopath who, uh, who murders his own daughter. I mean, I'll be, I'll be offered A to Z. And, <laughs> and, and what other actor is that lucky that I know? And none. I'm the luckiest guy I know. I get, I get those kind of offers every day. Wow. And so much fun to talk to her about, oh, really? They want me to play that? So great. <laughs> oh my God. And we have these great talks about if we're going to do it, how to do it. About the travel, blah blah blah, and we just—it's
0: like it's like planning for camp
2: as a <laughs> grown-up,
0: and it's just fun. Latest wow. projects coming up, Eric. Tell us about.
2: Well, you know what? I'm I'm the worst to answer that with because I don't retain titles because because they always change titles, so I refuse to retain them. So IMDb can tell you better what they are than I can. But the uh, the uh, the big one that I'm that I'm working on right now on my desk is stalked by my doctor part
0: five it's Uh a lifetime
2: Who
0: knew? oh my gosh so and that's great to keep up with imdd now dave has this next question this question is very interesting and it's uh one that why he's on we call him the caregiver so dave tell your story and uh uh the question for our guests
1: well i'm just a normal guy you know i own run a gas station for 40 years and one day, I've been married for 45 years. Uh, 22 years ago, my wife's complaining about a headache. Just when we we're going into the emptiness phase of life, all the kids are raised. We got them out of the house, got them married off each one twice. And uh, she complains about this headache that she had, turned into a stroke, lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And we went through a two-year grief process where life was a living hell for both of us. We almost broke up. But we hung in there and she reinvented herself. And now I travel all over the country, speaking on stages and uh, television and wrote four books, have a syndicated radio show. Uh, my question to you what is,
0: story,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I've, I've written a book and I have a website, caregiverdave.com. It's a membership website for caregivers, caregiver support group, because I believe if you're not a caregiver today, just wait. You're either going to become one, or you're going to need one. There's no. no escaping it. That's the tsunami on the horizon. Nobody's talking about like Medicare. You know, more people taken out. There's a shortage of caregivers. Shortage of care facilities. My question, to you guys, how has caregiving affected your lives? Oh boy, do we have a story for you! Really? We, I'm writing a book, and it'll be in that uh, book as well. Go ahead. We we just lost uh,
2: all three of her parents, both of both oh, no. her mother. And her mother and uh, stepfather, father, mother, and, um, and um, man, we saw them all grow old and unable. We saw it all. And uh, wow. one, one, one of them, we saw it mentally. All three, we saw it physically. Wow. And um, it, it was just, it was, it was a wake up call. And we realized the only reason to make money in life and to save it is to have it when you're old. Yeah. So she so can have somebody take care of you, because we we all are going to need that.
3: My mom was my, uh, my parents, it's my, my biological father, and then my father, and then my mom, they were all in the industry. And my mom was at the motion picture home. And she actually died February 1st of 2020. So it was yeah, a no, very so very pneumonia. Like nobody's sure if it was COVID or not, as a matter of fact. Mm. And they did. I end up having quite a few cases at the motion picture home. Um, it's, you know, it's so hard to think about this when you're 20. It's so, you guys were relatively young when this happened.
1: Yeah, she was 52. I was 42.
3: Wow. wow. See, that's young. Okay. And that's interesting. We have a lot of friends where there's that kind of age difference. Either way, the guy, the yeah. or um, both guys or both women. Um, but you know, you really
0: there's no school for this. I mean, I think you are the school for this.
1: Uh-huh. And yeah, hard we, knocks. <laughs>
0: yeah. All in LA. You got when the pandemic's over, you guys got to connect and collaborate on something for days. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, we, I'd
1: like to, like to have you on my radio show.
0: We would love to, and it Thank really you. really is a thing because
1: yeah. um,
3: you know you Important. don't. Um, you, you, it's, it's like having a baby. You're suddenly in your 60s, let's say, and your parents are in their 90s yeah. and suddenly you have a newborn, you right. know, and you're not in any way, you're not prepared for it financially, physically, you don't have the time. It's yeah. really, there's a lot to it. And then there's the, there is of course the weight of the relationship. I mean, you guys were married, right. we parents, you know, there's all of that. These are not perfect relationships to begin with. And yeah. it's not what you sign up for. When you say those old vows, you know, in sickness and in health, which nobody says anymore. But yeah. you know, somebody was smart to write that because they're like, I <laughs> do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. guilt you feel wanting to get out, you know, and have it be over. Um, there was a great line in terms of endearment when Shirley MacLaine says, "Oh my God, I'm I'm so stupid. I I, I thought when it was finally over, it would be a relief." and um oh. you know and there's you have you have both tracks running but right. you, look what you guys have done with it it's
0: incredible it is so caregiverdave.com is where you can find more information and eric where's the best place we connect with you imbd or you have a website or anything or where can we go ericrobertsactor.com that's me
3: he's also on instagram and he's also on on twitter he's also on facebook but most active on twitter
0: just mostly because we don't really know how to do instagram huh. i have such trouble with instagram <laughs> so are you um managing his twitter or does he just tweet himself
3: we do we do it together do i mean together. we do a lot of what it together you, you know we we um so it's you know so it's a little bit of this and a little bit of
2: that we we, we actually argue our
0: brands or something no i want
2: to say this no you can't say,
3: <laughs> that. You can't say
0: that so you have your own publicist you have your own partner what a great opportunity and that's where you can focus on during those projects when it's really stressful like i know you shot a movie a couple like a month ago that that you basically got to think about your job and she helps you keep thinking about your job and not all those other details that they have to find the right person to do so that's a nice thing It's,
2: it's,
0: it's even more specifically Artistic than that. Like
2: I was doing a job uh, last month where I was playing a guy in his conscience. So I was having conversations with myself and um, uh, I had one day in between, in between projects to prep this piece. But it's such a good piece. that I said yes to it. I want to do it. I turned around and I said, I'm not going to have time to do this project. He said yes. I'm like, oh God, you know. So, so um, It was a nightmare. Wow. It was so hard. But she took care of me like a mother. That's, that's, yeah. that's,
1: She'll yeah. be a good caregiver. <laughs> well, I appreciate not- you
0: guys stopping by. Unbelievably enough, we have some really interesting uh, back-to-back-to-back interviews. just happened that way. But I appreciate you guys coming by. And I'm, I'm going to definitely have you back on again, Eric. I'll reach I have your... Wife's contact info, reach out to the, the best publicist in Lori DeWall. Love her. Yeah. And so, shout out to her. I've been working with her for like nine years in different ones, but Eric, you take the cake of clients for her. So, absolutely I appreciate that time. And, uh, guys, take care. Thank, Thank you. Bye. 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 We'll, we'll talk, talk again. again. Yes. have a show and take care, guys. Yes. We're here at the Neil Haley Show, and I'm here with. My co-host and Caregiver Dave Nissani, the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment, I know you're excited about our guest. I got to chat with her once when her book came out about her and her husband. It was a radio tour maybe four years ago, but never got the pleasure of seeing her in person. So introduce our guest. Oh, my God.
1: How do you introduce Suzanne Summers? Everybody knows her from men to women to young boys. She was Chrissy Snow on Three's Company when they fired her unreasonably because she wasn't yeah. making as much as a man. <laughs> she went on to her new career after a tiny little bit of a depression and she was a Vegas hit. I think Frank Sinatra was the number one man in Vegas. Guess who was number two? <laughs> News and Summers. She's written yeah. a gazillion books and she's here on the show with us today. Thank you so much for coming.
4: I'm so happy to be here and, um, to talk to you again, and Neil, nice to talk to you, and um, I just want to say one thing, Frank Sinatra,
1: yes,
4: he called me baby,
1: <laughs> he used to wow. say, uh,
4: I'd walk in the room, and he'd go, hello, baby, and um, I'm sorry, Alan, it gave me a little chill <laughs> up my spine, <laughs> and,
1: and I actually said it wrong, I said Frank Sinatra was the number one entertainer, you were number two, no, 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 he was the number one male entertainer yes. in Las Vegas. You were the number one female entertainer in Las Vegas.
4: Lucky me. You know, Lucky out of every negative, comes a positive. After I was fired, as you just uh, mentioned,
0: my contract
4: was up. You had to renegotiate. But, but Laverne and Shirley had just uh, renegotiated their contract, and they gave ABC a colonic. And they decided that um, they had to put a stop to that. So I was the next one. <laughs> Come in. Actually, my husband got a call the night before um, from a, a guy way high up in the uh, CFO office, and he said, you didn't hear this from me, but they're going to hang a nun in the marketplace, and it's going to be Suzanne. And that's what, that's what they did. But out of every negative comes a positive. I never would have written all these books. I've written 27 books. I, I would not have said to my husband, you know, I'd like to do a nightclub act in Las Vegas, to which he said, can you sing? I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I went on, and gosh, there is nothing more fun than being a Vegas headliner. Wow, wow. And because there was this curiosity, because Chrissy Snow from Three's Company was cut short for people, they wanted to see more of her, so they came, and they came, and they came in droves, Uh and we sold out two shows a night every night for years and years, and it was just wonderful.
0: So. You know, And thinking about that, Suzanne, I think that I remember hearing the story because you talked about your husband and you in the book that you, you kind of gave us a short part of that story is the fact that, you know, that you had that process to say, I'm going to even overcome this. It was a, yeah. tough, it was a tough hit for you. But then imagine okay. that what you've done, which I'm the most impressed with, is your entrepreneurship. The ability that you have taken not just that Vegas brand and the show brand to making the most gigantic brand from your knowledge, your ability to be an entrepreneur. So from actress to entrepreneur, kind of tell that process of how you said, I just want more. It just seems like that's who you are. You talked about the pandemic. It's not hurt me. I have figured out a way to evolve. And now I see (laughs) it's more important for me to work on what I'm doing and building, you know, all these new products and continue to be out there all the time. So tell us about that.
4: Well, um, uh, I got cancer and that became this veiled gift. And I thought, what have I done in my diet and lifestyle to play host to this terrible disease? And then I realized a lot of stress, I had a lot of stress as a kid. Uh, I grew up, I've written several books about uh, being a child of a violent alcoholic. We used to we had a closet to hide in at night. Imagine my brother and, and my brothers, my one brother died. Uh, my, my two brothers and my sister and I, my mother would say, get in the closet, get in the closet, get in the closet. And that he was really violent. We'd have to go in. And my brother had rigged a lock on the inside. And that's what I accepted as normal growing up. That's so not normal. And I was never depressed as a child, but I had a lot of fear. I think fear manifests, and when you go like, "How did I get cancer?" I remember talking to a medium after I was diagnosed. Barry Mandelow told me about this medium that he goes to, and I thought, "All right." And he said, "I didn't say anything to this medium." And he said, "As a child, you couldn't handle it, so you entombed it, and that took the form of this tumor. But what it did for me was I changed my life. I changed the way I ate. I switched only to, because I didn't want chemotherapy, so I turned that down. Which you haven't lived until you are lying in bed one night and watching the Larry King show, who I, hats off to Larry King. So many of my bestsellers are because of him, but he's got this guy on, Andrew Weil. you probably interviewed him. And Andrew Weil and Larry uh, are discussing my cancer and the fact that I didn't take chemical poison. And Andrew Weil said, well, she's going to die. Imagine lying in bed Never going, no, we're not. So I wrote Andrew Weil and I said, you know, you got some nerve. You've never seen my, my medical records. And I said, for someone who wrote your thesis on the hallucinogenic properties of nutmeg, I think that you might be a little more open-minded about the fact that I'm going to eat organic food and I'm going to value sleep and I'm just, I'm going to change my life completely. So I did. And then when I beat it, I started writing books about health because I was very interested in health. Well, and then I started realizing, why is cancer such an epidemic? It's an epidemic. They don't want to say it, but it is. They don't have a cure. Nobody goes, I have cancer. I'll just have a few rounds of chemo and everything will be okay. We know that's not so. So I thought, where is it coming from? Well, you start connecting dots. Uh, We're under the greatest environmental assault in the history of humanity. And so the toxic buildup or toxic burden in each of our bodies needs to be detoxed out, uh, not chemically poisoned out, that doesn't solve anything. So I thought, where where are the chemicals coming from? Well, it comes from the air we breathe, from the food we eat, and what we put on our skin. And if you look at your skin under a microscope, what we know is pores actually look like big holes under a microscope. And now I have the visual of putting uh, chemical creams, expensive chemical creams, you know, Uh, these fancy brands that you get on the first floor of of the fancy department stores, which by the way, are all closing now. You put that over, (laughs) where's that gonna go in those big holes? Well, it's gonna drop in, right? It's gonna get into your bloodstream. Then where's it gonna go? Well, it's going to rampage in your bloodstream. It's first gotta go through and then go through the GI tract. And so the chemicals get in the stomach and then they eat through the barrier lining of your GI tract, causing leaks. You've heard of leaky gut?
1: That's what
4: leaky gut is. It's like the chemicals eating through the barrier tract, the barrier wall. The barrier wall is your immune system. I love talking about this. The immune system is the (laughs) length of a a tennis court. And if you could visualize the length of a tennis court and then wrap, like a rope, like wrap mucus all the way around that. I know, you, but that mucus is our immune system. We make antiviral, antibacterial, bacterial, anti-cancer, we make interferon. And so if you've got chemicals eating through that immune system, now you've lowered your immune system, you've got chemicals in your bloodstream, and what do chemicals like best? They like fatty organs and glands. One they like the best is the brain, that's the fattiest of them all, 65% fat. So, if they can bypass and get right up to your brain, they like it. So, is it no wonder that our children now have ADD initials I didn't hear about when I was a kid mm-hmm. ADD, ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dementia, Alzheimer's, etc.? It goes on and on and on. And so, that's that like turned me on, like, wow, if we could backpedal. Mm-hmm. and rethink this whole thing. What if what you put on your skin, I'm getting to the entrepreneurship yeah. now. <laughs> I didn't lose my train of thought, um, what if what you put on your skin was good for you? What if, we, what if it was loaded with needed uh, n- nutrition and minerals and organic, you know, olive based and things like that? And so that's how I got into the Suzanne Organic skincare business. I found a formulator who was as passionate as I was, and it's all made in the United States. We're really proud of that. And then it just evolved into, well, we're going to do skincare. Might as well do hair care. Uh We do hair care. Might as well do makeup. We do makeup. (laughs) We might as well do household, you know, non-toxic cleansers. So that's how I have over a thousand products now, and there are people who can't live without them because mine is so clean and so pure. So uh, never looked, never look at negative in the face of not being a gift horse every negative you you can see on the other side that where's the opportunity in this where how can i learn and grow yes spiritually health wise or or uh, physically so that's how it began um but now the most fun i started drinking tequila I, I had an alcoholic father, so I never drank hard liquor. Mm-hmm. But when our house burned down in Malibu, because if you live in Malibu, your house will burn down at some point. Yeah, And, um, and so you get, you know, I've had two houses there. You just get used to it. And, uh, the second house we moved into was a leased house. Cause I figured I'd be able to rebuild my house real fast with a sympathy vote from the city. Yeah, no, right. no, no. <laughs> and, um, uh, I didn't know that this leased house, this beautiful house, was loaded with black mold. I said to Alan, our house is like a beautiful woman with syphilis. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can have her, but you'll pay. <laughs> so that house was loaded with Stachybotrys, <laughs> the worst kind of, of black mold. I got it in my GI tract. My husband got it in the base of his brain, the cerebellum, in the central nervous system. And uh, the good news is I wrote a book about it called toxic and it was a bestseller. Yeah. Um, But that was when I really started understanding the full effect of toxicity mold being another toxin. In fact, the mold uh, organism is the same as a cancer organism. So if you're living in a house with mold, take it very seriously. Uh, There's no quick answer. There's no drug answer, but I interviewed the best and the brightest in this country and I think toxic um, is one of my best books along with a new way to age says the entrepreneur, mm. but um, this is what I do for a living. And had I not been fired from three's company, would any of this happen? Would I have no. speaking in front of you at Harvard? No. So it all was as it was supposed to be.
0: Wow. To be on a phone call uh, with an interview with your uh, husband about the entrepreneurship. There wouldn't have been the book. There wouldn't have been about his, what he went through. And, and dealing with challenges, so all that would never have happened—that's for sure. Now, Dave, right. go ahead for the next question. I know you have a laundry list of questions. <laughs> time, and it's I so Suzanne. taking that much time for us, um, her calendar's probably filled to the brim, just like mine. Or more so,
1: Alan, time. Alan is a big part of all of this. I mean, maybe this all wouldn't have happened without Alan, right? Uh, I remember at Harvard, you told the story about. Um, how he was uh, you heard something up on the hill and he was going to be the big macho guy and save you. And he ran up <laughs> the hill and, and he ran down the hill. He scared whoever it was away. And then he, he jumped, you know, the, this big Superman leap. Tell that story and t- tell us how you met now.
4: Well, my husband, who's, for starters, has a conceal and carry permit because we live on a large <laughs> place of land. Here. And it's our second amendment, right? and uh, it it, it was uh i think it was easter sunday and we walked down to our organic vegetable garden (laughs) this beautiful walk and we're walking back and i've got a basket full of cauliflower and broccoli and i can't wait for the meal we're going to (laughs) make and i see right up on the hill here there's a guy and um he knows he's not in the right place because our kitchen is right there and there he was so alan goes around takes me goes around the back way Goes and gets his, uh, you know what, his piece and puts on his jack boots and, and, a, and a baseball hat and dark glasses and walks up the hill. 83 years old. But he's, you know, he's like not a normal 83 years old. because <laughs> I've taken such good care of him. So I'm watching from the porch right from where I am right now. And I've got the camera going just in case I need any visual proof. And I see the guy do this. But Alan never pulled it on him. <laughs> I just see the guy, what he was really saying was, I didn't realize, I didn't realize, I didn't realize. So then I see the guy walking over the hill and Alan looks at me like, I know, I may be 83, but I'm pretty bitchin' cool. (laughs) And um, now, I'm looking at it right now, you can't see it, but we have a golf cart path that goes up to our kitchen. And there's a six foot wall there. And he's showing off for his wife. He just scared away an intruder with the (laughs) Baseball hat and the wraparound sunglasses, and I see him do this, and then I see him jump, and, and what I saw was slow motion in my mind. I'm going, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he jumps, and it went very badly. I ran over there, and he was like a dead deer lying in the <laughs> golf cart. Path. And so I said, oh, uh, I'm going to go get the golf cart, and he <laughs> goes, "You know how to drive it?" I went, "No, but I'll learn." By the <laughs> way, it's not hard. I get the golf cart down to him, and he's dead weight. He can't lift himself, and you know in crisis, uh, there's a substance we all make called cortisol, and like how a mother can lift a car off her baby who's just been run over. I somehow got his, how much do you weigh, Alan? Uh, 180. His 180 pounds (laughs) into the golf cart I took him down to the bottom of the hill. I said, "I'm calling 911." That's when cops used to come. <laughs> and um, I said, uh, "He said no." I said, "What do you mean, no? He said, "It's Easter Sunday. I'm going to get the F team, F as in <laughs> front." And I went, "You have to go to the hospital." He goes, "No." So I, when he says no, he means no. And um, uh, I wonder if you remember that when you were dating, when you were a kid, Alan. No <laughs> means no. and so uh now i have to get him we've got a little cart that goes up the hill on the other side because the golf cart only goes down it doesn't go up so now i gotta get him over there and drag him into the little cart that goes up the hill i get him up there at the top i get him and i i get him to the guest room And I lie him down on the bed there, and I thought, what am I gonna do? So I thought a bath would feel good, so I filled the bathtub with hot water, got him into the bathtub, and he's lying there, and uh, until the water sort of cooled off, it's now like 5.30 in the evening. And I said, so what do you wanna do? You wanna like lie in this lukewarm water the rest of the night? And he said, I wanna go to my own bed. I went, of course you do. So now I gotta get him out of the bathtub, I gotta get him up the hill, I drape him around my neck. I get him in bed upstairs. So he's wincing all night long. And in the morning, I call this doctor, uh, Darrow, a sports, sports doctor that I've interviewed in a couple of my books. In fact, he's in this book, The New Way to Age. And I get a sentence or two into it. He goes, stop. He said, you're in danger. He said, he could clot and have a stroke and die. Oh, go, no. Oh, my God. He said, call 911. So now it's not Easter Sunday. So maybe I'll get the... C team, so I called nine one one. You know, when you live in a small town, this is Palm Springs. They were there within five minutes, and I'm not exaggerating. Suddenly, in the bedroom, were policemen, firemen, and I love. You know, I come from cops and firemen. I just, I always feel great around cops and firemen, and they t- they just took over and took care. And that's when I fell apart. And we get in the. Uh, they get them down the hill. And they get them in the ambulance. And in the ambulance, I'm saying how I had to carry him up. They go, you did? I
5: said,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he had dislocated his hip and um, he felt rather stupid about it, but he got to show off for me. <laughs> was it worth it out? <laughs> it was Hell absolutely is. worth it. Hell yeah. Curve, That's the, yeah.
0: Anytime we can do those things. And yeah. Dave yeah, I Dave, love
4: men. I love men.
0: So Dave, but, I think that you probably told the story before, but I think that you have one more question for Suzanne before the caregiver question.
1: Yeah, uh, you left out a good part though. Uh, what oh. the doctor said about his bones. Remember that?
4: Oh yeah, they, that um, we're not talking about bone nerves, by the way. We're
1: no, talking no, about no. <laughs> bone
4: density that yeah. he has. Um, uh, the bone density of a young man, and I, I think it's because of the way we take care of ourselves. I give him calcium every day, but you know you can't just take calcium. You take calcium, calcium wants to go into the arteries you know, calcium deposits and heart doctors always say, you know, you don't want calcium in your arteries. Uh, But if you take calcium along with vitamin K, vitamin K uh, works like a traffic cop. So they always say vitamin K is good for your heart. What it's really good for is it tells the calcium that's trying to go into the uh, soft tissues, the arteries, no, 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 no. You got to go in the bones. And the vitamin K redirects the calcium into the bones. And I've been giving him that for years. And so he had these uh, strong bones and um, he healed really quickly. Is that the story you want me to tell?
1: That is the one. Thank you.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: Because I broke a couple of bones and I want that as well. So we'll. we'll Yeah, well, remember when
4: you take calcium, take vitamin K. And then also, another really important. Um, supplement to take, especially with this pandemic. They say one of the most important things you can take is vitamin D3 and zinc. And mm-hmm. um, I always have given him zinc, but vitamin D3, I, for me, I have quadrupled mine and doubled his. But if you want vitamin D3 to really work, you also need to take K and magnesium for yeah. kind of the same reason. So yeah. these are the little things that are in this book, but This book is filled with stuff like that. I find it fascinating that.
1: All right. uh, If we don't
4: have to take pharmaceutical drugs, which I'm not against. Right. When you need them, you need them. They're a godsend. And I actually fractured my hip earlier this year. So when you need them, you need them. But if you don't have to take them, if you can take a more natural uh, route, uh, wouldn't you rather? Because... uh, pharmaceuticals are a foreign molecule in the body when it gets a foreign molecule goes
1: what's this so i love what i do all right so as as you know i'm a caregiver i I gave you my two books uh when we were at harvard i've been caring for my wife uh, 23 years now we went through a grief process when she lost her speech and became paralyzed Uh, we almost split up it was hell on earth but we hung in there, and she uh, came around. She reinvented herself. Now I travel all over the country, speaking on television, stages, et cetera, meet wonderful people like you. And my question uh, in my book and in my website, caregiverdave.com, we talk about if you're not a caregiver, you know, don't just tune me out. You're either going to become one or you're going to need yeah. one. Those are your yeah. options. Now's the time to learn how to do it. Uh, how has caregiving, this may seem like a dumb question, how has caregiving affected your life?
4: Well, I know that Alan was very grateful. I, I would have done anything for him, anything. But uh, I can only speak from my own perspective right now, um, having had this fractured hip. I, you know, if somebody says you fractured your hip, you go, oh, okay. Right,
1: that's the end. Doesn't
4: sound very bad. It's, yep. it would be better to break your hip and have a hip replacement. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't allowed to move for four months, and during that time, Alan had to do everything. And I mean, everything. I couldn't get in or out of bed. so just, wow. you know, visualize that. Oh, and you know what that did, that, I love Alan Hamill. I loved <laughs> him the day I met him 50 years ago. I, 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 I think if there's something to past lives, we were together before, because the day I looked at him was like going in the uh, comic books that we used to use, used to read. But his tenderness, and his caring and his loving way with me has brought us to a new other level. And what I realized the gift of aging is that if you're lucky enough to love and be loved, love grows. And I, I sometimes I burst with joy when he walks in the room because he's so good to me. And whenever I say thank you for the way you've taken care of me, he always says it's my honor. And I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, absolutely. My honor and my privilege. It's... And you're right. If you haven't been a caretaker, you will be. Yeah. And with the way, do you want to go in a nursing home?
0: No. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. No. Not, not nine not out of ten of, of them. I wouldn't I wouldn't put my cat book. in. Yeah. Now no. buy your latest book. So uh, where can we get it, Suzanne and stuff. Can we, can we you per- can
4: get it at SuzanneSummers.com and while you're there you might want to get some of that organic skincare or you can go to Amazon or bookstores. Mm. But I go to the website um, and I, I would I, I would just look through the stuff. There are a thousand products. There's going to be something there you go, oh, that's interesting. And we have, you don't like it, send it back. We even take it if you've used the whole jar. We don't care. Um, what I was saying about tequila, because of the mold, that's why I brought up the mold and the house burning, not to so say, oh, you poor thing. Um, I couldn't drink wine anymore. And that's the like socially acceptable oh drink for females to drink. <laughs> and I, 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 when I was writing other books, I was noticing that women my age get puffy faces and kind of puffy upper body and puffy arms and their bodies get puffy. Well, that's from all that sugar and that wine and all that yeast. But now Mm -hmm. I can't have it because yeast and sugar is a happy meal for mold. And I had a stomach (laughs) for mold. So my kids said, drink tequila. I said, no, no, I don't drink hard liquor. They said, I like it. So I tried it. I like it. So now every Tuesday night and every Friday night, Uh, We have America's biggest virtual cocktail party. Bring your own tequila, bring your own salty appetizers and ask questions. And Alan and I sit there and we get a little high on our tequila. And what I have found is people love it because um, I think loneliness is part of this pandemic. And if you can, nobody likes to drink alone. That's sort of pathetic (laughs) to drink alone. But if you can have a tequila with Suzanne and Alan, that's kind of fun. Worth it. And as you get a little high on your first five sips, so are we, and it gets kind of funny. Kind of, that Alan becomes kind of a bad oh. boy, yeah. and <laughs> uh, it's fun. So
1: I'm um, in. How do we get there?
4: Yeah, t- t- uh, tomorrow night. Uh, you go to my Facebook page. Oh, is it tonight? Oh, right, tonight. Tonight.
1: SuzanneSummers.com.
4: Yeah, or, or Facebook. Uh, Suzanne Summers Facebook. I should know that better. Facebook Live, Suzanne Summers. Ah, awesome. Okay. Something like that. Anyway, that'll be tonight at 5 o'clock California time. And uh, bring your own tequila. I'm, you're going to have fun. I swear to God, I'll be you're gonna there. Have
1: fun. I'll bring my wife. She <laughs> loves ask questions.
4: tequila. Ask questions. Awesome. And and bravo to you for taking such good care of your partner. That's
3: oh, I'd love
1: to have you on my show because I I have a syndicated show for caregivers. They need to hear your story and you can push your book and your and your stuff. I'll I'll with it
0: publicists,
1: Dave, and we'll see if we Thank make it. Thank you.
0: I'm trying let's, to get you on let's, for, let's, this it for taking the back. I yes, appreciate it so it's a much. date. You heard it, Neil. Okay, I've heard She's it. We no okay. <laughs> have to have the drinks with Suzanne today. Thank so. you everyone so much. Check to Facebook, check out I Suzanne. I love you. I love you too. Thank and you. I, you guys. I love you more. All right, have a good Haley show, everyone. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome to the program, Jade cata Preta of Ease the Soup, and Rose Ferrales a family editor of Xfinity yeah. TV. How are Hi. you guys? And I appreciate you guys coming on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Piu
6: piu 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 piu.
0: So let's go right really to Jade. We're, again, we're going to be talking about this virtual summer camp. Tell us how this developed, and then we'll get a, I'll ask Rose more in detail of it.
6: Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a fun way to get your kids moving, especially with what's going on right now. We just thought, why not do something in our living room where we can get them learning, moving around, making experiments, learning crafts. And it's something I'm really, really fond of too from my childhood. So it was cool to kind of be the camp director and lead kids in that way. And um, yeah, Rose can tell you a little more detail about that. Absolutely, it's a one-stop shop with activities and
5: shows and things to inspire kids to keep moving, learning and creating all summer long. It's your couch to camp experience and it is tons of fun.
0: <laughs> now, Jay, when you first heard this idea, I think it's fantastic because of the fact of the matter is I have six kids of my own and I'm working in my office at my mom's house now because I couldn't take being quarantined for so long with everyone in the house. They're just ready. They're, they're just bursting to l- learn new things, especially when a lot of their summer camps were canceled. Yeah.
6: In a way for me, standup is canceled. So it was fun to have an activity myself where I kind of get to be funny and be silly And kind of motivate them to do the same thing. You know, um, we're all in this situation and we're all in this together. And let's keep moving and let's adapt to our times. And in the meantime, let's have some fun. You know, why not?
0: Rose, how can people get involved with uh, this virtual summer camp?
6: Well, it's
5: up now. And for Xfinity customers, all you need to do is say summer camp into your Xfinity X1 voice remote and that will give you access to everything to keep kids moving, there's kids' fitness, there's a how-to guide on setting up your own obstacle course. You can bring the dinosaurs back to life with Jurassic World themed magic tricks, arts and crafts. They can learn how to draw a minion, and it's, it's all there. Just say summer camp into your excellent voice remote.
0: All right, Jade, anything else to add specifically about this experience? Who else, who else is gonna be involved in uh, some of the activities for the camp?
6: Well, I know that we have um, we have a guy who is an a minion expert, which is really exciting. We just connected on Instagram. He's awesome. He's going to teach you guys how to animate. We're going to be doing tie dye. You're going to be learning how to make a frozen drink, which is really exciting. Um, there's a few little experiments in there. Um, I, I believe we're working with all NBC talent and also some athletes as well, and um, and me, which is probably the silliest of all of the people, but. Um, yeah rose i think you know more people specific
5: <laughs> well jade i feel like you're the camp director so you <laughs> yeah. so much energy <laughs> yeah jade weaves in so much energy throughout camp tons of fun and she really does a great job of pulling everything together making sure kids know you know get from doing kids fitness and their obstacle course to making like a mango smoothie uh, it's, it's really fun so it's it's the best couch to camp experience all brought to you by Xfinity and Jade's fantastic.
0: Now, (laughs) so thinking about it, you know, in that process, have you ever done this back in the day before you, you got involved in comedy and stuff being involved in camps as a kid?
6: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my like childhood experiences that I remember involve kind of this kind of experience where it's like a group of people kind of getting together to make a craft or do an experiment or something like that. And I didn't really know that I wanted to do comedy um, until much later in life, but I think a lot of people would say that as a kid, I was always trying to make everybody laugh and kind of interrupting the activity to tell a joke. So this is very fitting in a weird way. It's kind of all come full circle.
0: It always does in our experiences. And it was cool. Yeah, right. I, I Isn't think, it
6: funny how it lands that
0: way? Yeah, I just I'm I always see this. I mean, specifically, I look at jobs and what I do now today and say, "Hmm, I was doing things that prepared me for this." Uh, Ladies, right. my, the, what prepared me for this was I was a former minor league professional wrestler. So I really learned uh, just no. the, the, the whole performance oh, end of stuff. And, uh, and I learned, to, you know, to how to tell a story. So every one of my interviews has to be getting a beginning, middle and end, because if you don't tell a story, then why are people going to tune in? Why are they going to keep listening to something? And so I try to do it when I know that the story is over. I finish it, and that's what I did in wrestling. Is that you listen to the crowd, but in the way you feel that. So, uh, so that's that. was a great story, Jay, that you brought up. Uh, Rose, tell us a little bit about your role at Xfinity, so that people might not understand specific the the role, not just what you know you're doing with this summer camp, but at Xfinity, what you do for family programming and all that stuff. No,
5: absolutely. So we have partnerships with um, you know networks and. Um, Movie studios and music channels, and we bring it all to life. So we want to make sure that the best of the best.